grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, our epistle for today. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. This is God's word. The city of Thessalonica, which actually still exists to this day, it's the second largest city in Greece. They say that you can, from that city, look across the Thermaic Gulf off of the Aegean Sea, and 50 miles in the distance stands Mount Olympus. Now, Greek mythology today is kind of fun and interesting, and we, we know it as that mythology rooted in traditions, but certainly not in fact. In fact, there's a Greek national park on Mount Olympus now, along with a very large Orthodox church. But in St. Paul's day, for him to look across that Thermaic Gulf upon Mount Olympus, what an imposing sight to see that on the horizon. The very false religion that Paul was called to preach against was physically looming over that city. We know from Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians that the Greeks regarded the Christians as fools because of their faith, their belief in a dead man. The Jews, of which Paul was one himself and had been a persecutor of Christians until his conversion on the road to Damascus, the Jews regarded the Christians with contempt because they saw them as having perverted the law of God and the law of Moses. And as Paul went to Thessalonica for the very first time, he would have encountered those who regarded him as a fool and those who despised him. And in that place, Paul went to start with the help of the Holy Spirit, the Thessalonian church to which we read Paul's letter today, 2 Thessalonians. There's a little bit of context in the book of Acts, chapter 17. It reads in Acts 17, Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. 
And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a many of the, the, the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And Jason has received them. And they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. That Thessalonian church was born in violence in a place where a great many people wanted nothing to do with the message that Paul was preaching. So I want you to take that background with you when you hear Paul's words to the Thessalonians the book of 2 Thessalonians. That there were attacks, hostility from the outside. Not just threats of attack, but actual violence done to those who preach Christ. And then in 2 Thessalonians 3, Paul explains to us the threat on the inside. Of the church. He gives it a name. Idleness. For we hear Paul writes that some among you walk in idleness. Not busy at work. But busy bodies. What was that idleness all about? What caused people in that church, in that community of Christians to not be focused like a laser on the task that was before them? Now, it could have been just laziness. And certainly, we understand, we can relate how laziness can be born just I don't feel like doing anything. Could have been indifference. Just doesn't really matter or not. But I think Paul's final words in our reading give us a clue as to what was pervading that Thessalonian congregation and what threatens all the churches of God throughout history. 
As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. Perhaps it was just weariness among that congregation. And that weariness perhaps led to idleness. The reality that that hostility from the outside can lead to weariness and idleness on the inside. I think we often find ourselves as Christians in this world asking ourselves, Does any of our work matter? Are we really making some sort of difference as the church in the world today? The world certainly regards us as Christians as fools, just like the Greeks regarded the Christians. Because yes, We do believe and confess that Christ has died, but more than that is risen. And the world also, like the Jews regarded the Christians, regards us with contempt for claiming That our Lord Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. Scripture is filled with examples. And St. Paul, perhaps, is the most poignant example of all. That in the middle of mocking and hatred, Paul preached in the words of Acts 17 that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead. It was necessary because the world is plagued with sin. Death and all the assaults of the devil. Every one of us, everyone not here today, the community around us, the the nation around us, the world around us, all likewise afflicted with sin, afflicted by death, afflicted by the attacks of Satan. It is necessary. That the Christ should suffer, die, and be raised. Thanks be to God that he already has. What is necessary has been done. 
what is necessary for you, dear children, and God has already been done. With the words that Jesus uttered from his cross, it is finished. Because it is necessary for Jesus to suffer, to die, and to rise. Do not grow weary. Do not grow idle in doing good, in being the church, in acting out in love, compassion, and in faithful proclamation of Christ and his suffering, his death and resurrection. Do not weary in that task, O church, O children of God. Because what is necessary is already done. What is necessary has already been established. And the Christ who rose to life 2,000 years ago remains, thanks be to God, risen today. He is risen. He is risen. Indeed. And he is coming. The words at the end of our gospel from Luke chapter 21. Such incredible, comforting promise. Now when these things begin to take place, and you can... Read through our gospel for today from Luke 21, beginning at verse 5, and read about all the things that Jesus says will happen, which we can look around us and see happening even today. When these things begin to take place, straighten up, raise your heads. Because your redemption is drawing near. I love that word redemption. It has to do with buying something, purchasing something. I think I love it because Jesus' work of redemption is right in the name of our congregation. Christ is our Redeemer. But what I also love about these words is that it urges us, the church, the children of God here in this place, to be looking forward. To not get so wrapped up in our present reality. To not become weary. And idle because of what we see in front of us now. But to look at our redemption in Jesus that is drawing near. That is future action. You see, what Christ Jesus has done in redeeming us. As Paul preached to the Thessalonians, suffering, dying. And rising. 
The cross of Jesus and his resurrection is past, present, and future reality. We can say in the past, on the cross, Christ died for me in the past when he made me his child in the waters of baptism in the past. Christ redeemed me. In the present, right now, through his gospel, through the body and blood he gives me at the table, he is redeeming me. And in the future, when he comes again on the clouds with great glory, to raise me and all the dead and give us life forever. He will redeem me. The work of Jesus that Paul proclaimed to the Thessalonians and that we, his church, proclaim is the linchpin on which all of history is built. And it's the most pivotal moment for us, even here and now. Christ Jesus has died and risen for us. He is dead and risen for us now. And he will be the one who died and rose for us for all eternity. The same word that St. Paul preached is the same word he gives us to preach and proclaim today. So do not grow weary. Don't be idle. Christ has given you, his children, precisely what you need for this moment. His death, his resurrection, his promise to come again. No matter what looms on our horizon, as Mount Olympus would have loomed in the horizon over the city of Thessalonica, the message remains unchanged. It is necessary. That the Christ. Should be proclaimed. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.